Year, what up? Welcome back, Slam family, to the Kaz and Vic show, the episode three, brought to you by Himalaya. Shout out to Himalaya as always, because if you listen to this, I'm gonna tell you what: it's free, it's super easy to use, as every single podcast you love or are searching They're for. They're holding it down, Kaz. And yo, listen, don't sleep on my pre-roll game, damn it. <laughs> anyway, Himalaya is the best place to find podcasts because it curates to all your needs. If you like sports, music, politics, news, whatever it I is. I got all your other podcasts on there. Absolutely. But you know what podcast they do have? <laughs> the Vic, Kaz and Vic. Kaz, Kaz and Vic. Vic. Vic and Kaz? Y'all gonna have to mind Vic a little bit. She's been hitting the wine just a little. Listen, shout just, out shout out my boy Sean shout Brown. Shout out to Sean Brown. Came through with the pioneer Napa Valley joint. Yeah, he brought the, he brought the pricey stuff today. It wasn't a, He ain't bringing no uh, Andre for us. I, I so think this is the LeBron approved. LeBron Instagram it's story LeBron approved. approved. I'll tell Take it. I shall take it. But man, we got to get into it. Well, I don't even want to. I don't want to talk about what we did this weekend, even and though what, he was very popping out in Game Three. Shout I out went, to I went to Game Three. Shout out TJ. Shout out NBA Twitter. Yeah. Shout out Twitter Sports. Yeah, I'm still waiting on that check. You got your check. Oh, that, I don't listen, have a check, bro. Listen, and they're telling me I'm verified on the streets. But what does that even mean? It was a different check. We're in different. We're in different conversations. Obviously, <laughs> you get when you got three podcasts going on. Facts. Damn it. But uh, fuck but it. Let's get right into it, man. It's it been was a, a long crazy. Night, <laughs> it was a long night. Crazy, crazy 36 hours, oh. man. Kevin Durant is essentially done. I for was the, hurt. For the, for the, for the finals. I'm hurt. And, man, there's just so for many the layers the finals? To the we're story. talking a full season, fam. Yeah, I mean, we're, we, you know, we're recording around like 8 o'clock uh, Tuesday night. So no official word has come out yet on the extent of Katie's injury. But everybody who's, who's seen this type of injury knows it's not good. It is not good. Anyone who's seen, listen, being a, a Kobe fan yeah. that I've been for years, yeah. um, that was, I don't think I've ever been as upset to see anyone go down as I did with Kobe in 2013, because the first thing he said when he looked up, it was against the Warriors, they, they were playing the Warriors, he looked up and he said, did you kick me? And I think he was looking at Klay Thompson. Mm-hmm. And that was way too similar with Katie. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks like um, no one touched him. He felt like he got kicked or somebody was behind him and my heart dropped. I barely slept. Same. I'm drinking wine now. It's really bad. It's it's and people think we're overreacting with this whole thing. Like everybody's like it's it kind of, when when I saw Doris Burke come out the locker room said like it kind of felt like a funeral in there and yada 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 like y'all don't understand like you know, on uh, every Wendy, level. Wendy said that Rich Kleiman was all white and just on the phone, like mm-hmm. like a ghost looking like a ghost. It's uh, like, listen, can you on, imagine that atmosphere? On every level, this is disappointing. On on as as a war, if you're a Warriors fan, it's disappointing. If you're a fan of basketball, it's disappointing. If you're a Nick fan, if you're a fan of of chaos, the the fun that this free agency summer was about to start with the prize possession. Um, you know, it went up in flames, and it, and it just second. goes up in flames, and you just never know how it's gonna gonna roll out. I know you mentioned Kobe earlier before, and uh, you know when he tore his Achilles. I mean, the one thing that you kind of give uh, KD over that is that you know he has youth on his side a little bit, you Absolutely. know, and, and that's kind of the sad part about the sad it too. Part, it's his prime. It's his prime. He, this know, is happening right in the middle of his prime. Two time champion, two time Finals MVP, mm-hmm. hoping to three peat, and he couldn't be there for his team. And, and that's the pressure, yeah. right? That's the pressure aspect of of coming back. So, yeah, let's 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 get it's into sad, it. It's sad. It's sad. But you know what? We got to blame somebody. Everyone. <laughs> okay. Blame. Twitter there's was. There's so many. Like, there's this. This is what 
NBA Twitter was made for. And in, in the that in the past twenty four hours, I didn't know I was following so many doctors, so many agents, everybody's so many a surgeons, doctor, so many potential GMs. Everybody, everybody was a got a PhD. Expert. Everybody was an expert yesterday, right? And so, everyone wanted to 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 throw the blame all over the place okay. whether it was katie's camp whether it was the team we had myers post game crying mm-hmm. what just happened to me i don't i, don't, I you know i don't want to blame anyone specifically but if you have to if i have to you know throw the blame somewhere Yo, I got to throw it on the Warriors organization, bro. I got to throw it to them team doctors. I got to throw it to Bob Myers, bro. Like, I get Bob Myers was probably very genuine in his in the way he, he uh, you know, kind of let those emotions out during the press conference. But, I mean, I can't help but think back to the championship parade last year where they were like, oh, we know, we kind of like, we think stuff is kind of more important than you. And, oh, you know, we might, you know, yeah. then there's stories leaking out to the media about, well, we're not sure if KD's really committed. And then there's the Draymond thing that happened this year when it was like, you think we fucking need you, we won't without you, all this stuff. All this stuff. Shady, shady, shady. And, and yeah, I think, and obviously they're human beings, so I do think in their heart of hearts they are deeply sad that one of the best players we've ever seen is had a a, a very career altering injury at the same time i think they're more they were more sad about everything that he's had to go through and which they kind of didn't really do their best part in, in shielding him from this type of the type of scrutiny right that he was subjected to this entire his not just in this entire season but this entire run with the golden state warriors you know, I think it started, like you said, it started very early. I tweeted this last night. I said, you guys can tweet those snake emojis all you want. Mm. This man cares about the game. He put the game first. He loves ball, bro. He put he loves the ball. team and his, and his brothers first. At the end of the day, you see him in the tunnel after every game, win or lose, he was there. You know, I was at game three. He was there yeah. after that loss. Uh, so I just feel like with all the noise from outside you're absolutely right in the sense that he should have been protected more but at the same time you know throw the blame where you want i think the media has a lot to do with it i think the fans have a lot to do well we're the media we were we were we were here last week talking about well can't wait for katie to to rest up and be a nick and that and now like i don't even i don't even care about that no more now i'm just like yo i just hope this i just hope we can see him play i just hope we can see him play to to his elite level again or just play again you know because achilles injuries are so so shaky you've got you know you've got your your success stories you got your dominique wilkins who's who tore the achilles and came back to to be better than ever you got Guys like Brent Grimes, who played in the NFL, tore his Achilles, came back from it. Rudy Gay tore his Achilles, came back from yes, it. Yes, sir. And but they then, all took a year off. They took a year off. But then you got guys like Boogie Cousins, who's come back and hasn't necessarily been the same. You got Kobe, who came back, who wasn't really the same. Granted, he was up there in age, wasn't really the same. Not the same injury, but you got a guy like Isaiah Thomas a few years ago, who put everything out there for the Celtics. And what did it cost him? It cost yeah. him his hip. It cost him at least $80 million. Definitely money, yeah. At, at least $80 million, He's, he's you know? being kind of shipped around, And we don't even know if hurts, he even... You know? who, who's the safe Isaiah Thomas is even on an NBA roster next year? 
Right. You know, like, and this is a guy who was an all-star and like fifth, it was a top five MVP voter. Absolutely. You know, and he led, he led that Celtics team. He led that team to, to the cusp of the NBA championship, to, he, to the NBA finals. His sister unfortunately passed and he was going through a lot and he, he was still there and he and was And he persevered, playing. man. And, Absolutely. And that's the thing, man. Like, and, and Jalen Rose, shout out to Jalen Rose, man. He had. He said it right. He put, uh, man, he put it, uh, he put such a fucking. Uh, a, a pinpoint nail on this entire thing. It is the culture that we have cultivated as sports fans, as media, as you know, team owners that 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 do this, and you know, and and narratives. It's all been all about narratives with KD, right? Ever since he even got to Golden State, it's been all about the narrative. It's like, oh, you don't join a seventy-three one team, and yada yada. So we kind of treated him kind of subhuman. Like, oh, you're just a basketball robot. You just go in there and just play basketball, and you're just supposed to win championships and score, and that's it. But then people forget, like, this guy's a person. You know what I'm saying? Like, this guy is somebody who has to hear all that stuff, right? Like, he takes this shit to heart when people are talking about him. So, of course, you'd be silly to think he doesn't hear all that stuff and be like, you know what, I'm going to give it a go even if I don't feel like, you know, I'm all the way there. I mean, people yes, last night were bringing this up, but before last night it wasn't even – an issue but last night everybody said well look at all these hit pieces that that are you know were being written for the last there was one on the athletic month, right there was a couple on on some local newspapers and you know right is he a coward is he not coming back on purpose mm. all these things questioning whether he cares about the game or cares about the warriors like what because of narratives because of narratives people are thinking like if you're on the nba team you need to worry about winning all the time, and winning should be the most important thing. And so, all right, so boom, is it, is it Uchiwali or one mic, right? Like, if KD, when KD goes to the Warriors, it's like, oh, we don't want you to do that, but he's going there because he wants to win, right? So now there's rumors of him wanting to leave New York. Well, why would you want to leave New York? If you're a pro player, all you should worry about is winning MVPs and championships and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Well, Maybe there's some other shit in life that he wants to accomplish. Right. You guys, you also like. God forbid. God forbid an NBA player mm-hmm. wants to do some shit other than play basketball. Oh, my God. They, yeah. will, they will cut you like a fish. So he's got he's to gotta satisfy all these things. He's got to satisfy those fans. He's got to satisfy those media guys. He's got to satisfy some of his own teammates. Draymond, like, dog, we know what Draymond said to him. Right. But, you know, <laughs> I think it's important that they all came out last night and post-game conferences Draymond said this Clay said this Steph Curry said this everybody was behind him you know Mm. this is our brother he is the best we are absolutely 100% better than him because you know people love the narrative especially Warriors fans there's a whole section of it was a fun narrative you know hashtag Steph's better better. you know what I mean like they were they ran through the Blazers they ran through the Rockets it was a fun narrative to to see uh, hashtag Warriors classic to see the OG Splash Brothers and Draymond do what they used to do and be like, damn, remember this? This was fun. This was fun when they were kind of like the plucky, running around, shooting type of team. You know, I mean, with the undersized center who plays point guard. And they were a fun, loving bunch. And when they got KD, there was like, oh, man, now they're a juggernaut. And then... I think we said this in episode one, though. Yeah. What did we say? We said KD was still out there. Averaging thirty whatever points, he was and still every the guy. player up front. Let's be honest; like he's putting his, his the work in. But you know, you as a Knicks fan, mm-hmm. 
Are you a little disheartened? Of course, of course, point? absolutely. I mean, like, uh, granted, you know, be just taking off my taking off my fucking hat of being a human being and putting my Knicks hat cap on. Mm-hmm. This is the type of thing that usually happens once you sign to the Knicks. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen Amari Stoudemire dominate the league for 20 games, and then his knee blows out. 100 million contracts. I've seen yeah. I've seen the New York Knicks sign Antonio McDice after a career year. ACL tear and then come in, you know, be whatever. I've seen the Knicks sign past their prime D Rose, past their prime Stephon Marbury, past their prime Steve Francis, past their prime Tracy McGrady, past their prime. Take Melo's best seven years. We, took, we got Melo's best years. We got Melo's best years. I ain't mad at that. He was, but at the same you time, know, yeah. you know, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm sad, but if I'm the Knicks, I still take him. I still fucking take him. I still put that money up. I say, you know what? Those same Warriors doctors told you you were good to go, and there was no way you could re-injure that calf or whatever it they was. They said he couldn't get more injured. They said, first of all, which is an idiotic thing for any doctor to say, because injuries are part of the game. What? Injuries are part of the game. There's no way I'm a doctor. I'm like, hey, there's no way you could get injured again. Shout out Rachel. Rachel Nichols reported that yesterday. She straight up said this was the quote. You, he could not get more hurt. Steve Kerr said this. What? That doesn't make any sense to me. It's, it's a basketball game. Anybody could get hurt at any moment in time. Did you see the physicality also? Yes. Like on that play specifically? Like they were going at him. And, and Katie is not a guy that's not going to hustle or go after a loose ball. Of course. Or whatnot. You know and, he, and, he, and he hustled a couple of plays before that. Absolutely. And he fell to the ground. And he popped right back up to show people, like, hey, man, I'm good. I'm good to go. And then, you know, and people are saying, like, well, and shout out to Jalen Rose again, who was the first person to report, like, yo, like, we saw him work out. Mm-hmm. And he had to punt that workout because it just wasn't looking good. And we got all these non-player types telling players how to behave and what's good. And, like, Jalen Rose has been in the trenches. And he's like, dog, like, he can't go. They're like, oh, well, you know, he could play. If he has to dribble, if he has to attack, maybe he won't oh, be as aggressive. Oh, he did the little dance, you know, in the tunnel pregame. It's like, bro. I'm sorry. Bro, if he can't attack the rim... He can't play. That's how KD plays. Yes, he's a seven-footer who can shoot threes, but he attacks the rim. If he can't attack, if he can't put pressure on that leg, if it's a danger in any way, shape, or form, why is he even out there? Guess what? He also sucks the defense in. So every time he has the ball in his hands, he's going to get what? Double team, triple team, whatever it may be. They're going to be physical on him, especially the Raptors, especially, especially in a game Raptors. five. Especially Kawhi Deciding Leonard. game. You kidding Come me? On, bro. The like, championship is The championship is, 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 is in the balance for a franchise that's never had it. You think we're going to take it easy on him? Just because, no, they ain't going to take it easy. And the Raptors did what they had to do. They did what they had to do, man. And, and, and not only does this affect the Knicks, Free agency. This affects every, everything. Every major free agent that's out right now, whether it's Kyrie, whether it's Kemba, whether it's Draymond or Clay, mm-hmm. whoever you, or Anthony whatever Davis, name, who's not yes. even a free agent, right? But, is but a big it, something's gonna go down. Yeah, there. and so. he, he was the. Everybody said KD was the first domino to fall. Once he, once that domino fell on July first, and he decided where he was gonna go, that was going to determine everything. That was gonna determine where Kyrie was gonna go, where Kemba was gonna go, who the Lakers are gonna go after, if the Pelicans were going to trade to wherever he goes. Like, that was determined everything. And now that, that that piece is either A, not there, or severely damaged for the next year, Here's what the happens? thing. No matter how damaged Kevin Durant is, he's still arguably the best player in the game. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, hopefully 
it's a partial tear. We don't know exactly what it is. He's in New York right now. He just came into the city this morning mm -hmm. to assess that MRI, whatever needs to be done. But I feel like, you know, like moving forward, I think if you're a team and you have money, you want to throw that at Kevin Durant. I don't care who you are. I don't care how hurt he is. That's, some, that's an asset that you go after regardless. The only thing is, does KD feel like he can't leave on this note? I see both, I see both sides. Right. I see both sides. If it's severe and I'm KD and I got to take a year to rehab, I'm opting in. I'm playing, taking I'm the player sure, option. I'm taking my player yeah. option. I'm yeah. sitting and I'm paying and making sure the Warriors pay he deserves to make it. me rehab and yeah. make sure I get every, every single cent I own. I also see the other side where I don't know if I trust this organization anymore. I don't know if I want to be at this organization that, one, told me they didn't need me, two, cracked jokes about me, three, kind of pressured me into playing, four, had doctors tell me I couldn't possibly get hurt again, five, you know what I mean? There's so many things there. I don't know if I even trust that place no more. So maybe I want to go somewhere and, 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 and have a fresh start. Maybe y'all just made my decision that much easier to, lead, right. to do what I was going to do anyway. Either way, I don't think – I think whatever KD ends up doing – whether staying or leaving or taking the money or not, I think it's his choice. Mm -hmm. And I think no slander should be. Shout flying. out to Slam with the caption of the year. Fuck and you! <laughs> let, me, let me see. The, let, I want to read this. You. In, in, if in, you don't in, support Kevin Durant. Absolutely. Shout out to Kate. And people thought, like, yo, did Kaz... Uh... Oh, you just, <laughs> you, just, you just lost the follower. Okay, first of all, did, we t did you tweet that? I didn't tweet it. I didn't, I didn't, st I didn't, I didn't steal the caption. It. I didn't tweet it But Slam picked up, put up a picture of Katie and said, yo, fuck you if you're not rooting for Kevin Durant, period. 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 <laughs> And uh, that's the that's the that's the fucking that's, that's the, the energy. Listen, the energy I don't right care now, what man. you have, what you feel. You know, people were in the mentions. Oh wait, you guys are cursing now. Yes, bitch, we curse. That's what we own. Make sure you listen to Kaz and Vic show where we curse <laughs> a fucking lot all the time. <laughs> Players hit us up like, oh, oh, can we curse on this? And Every like, time we want you to, and they're like, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, you know why? But, because because this is some real shit right now. Yeah, it's real shit. It affects people's lives, man. It affects people's lives. People think that these players are just commodities. And yes, while they are, you know, multi-million dollar athletes and affect a lot of people's livelihood, these are people. That's somebody's son. That's somebody's friend. That's somebody's brother. And we don't know if this guy is going to be the same again. It just hurts. Like, it just hurts on a basketball level. Like, As I just feel fan. some type of way that Kevin Durant might not be out there for a full season. Like, it hurts to not have Kawhi. And that's why a lot of people, especially Spurs fans, were, were very angry and mm -hmm. mad because they didn't know what was going on. And he just took some time. The doctors cleared him. And you had Pop and all these people saying, talking to the media and saying, well, our doctors are saying that he's good to go. Let's call it what it was. It was a smear campaign. It was a little it bit was of a, a smear, smear campaign. campaign. Right. Once the, the, the team doctors cleared Kawhi Leonard, but Kawhi, who's, hey, this is my leg. I should probably be able to tell you if I could go or he not. He was here, right here in New York like, rehabbing. I don't know if I could go. He was right here in New York rehabbing, and a lot of people don't know this. And is any, was... anybody talking about that anymore? Is anybody talking about the games he sat out now anymore? Let me tell you, no one cares. Absolutely not. <laughs> no one cares. Because he's one game away from being an NBA Absolutely. champion. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it is what it is, man. Like I, I'll tell you this, though. It's going to be rough out there for team doctors right now. 
If I'm a superstar player, if, if I'm a max player. If you can get three player, opinions, please go out there and get four. Get a million opinions. If you're, if I'm a nine-figure athlete, I'm talking, if I'm LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, fucking Klay Thompson, uh, Giannis, any of these mega guys, you better have your own personal doctor on staff. You better have that guy you traveling with you. better fly out to New York or you fly better. out to L.A. or whatever you need to go. You better. To get to get a hundred percent stamp, you know. At the end of the day, listen. When it comes to people, like we said, throwing blame everywhere, all over the place. Twitter was chaos last night. Chaos, right? Post game, shit was crazy. Like everybody, people wanted to fucking blame the mascot at this point. But I just feel like if you're the player and you're like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I can go, mm-hmm. or I'm pressured into this mm-hmm. then it's the don't you think that's the, that's the player's final say i'm not saying it's right or wrong but like if kd was like okay i can go yeah i'm not 100 percent. i'm 65 percent. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you i mean as much as i want to throw blame everywhere else i gotta throw a little bit to kd also i gotta throw a little bit to him as well you know he uh, knows his body he more knows than his anyone. body more than anyone but at the same time right. He also has an ego. If you're a guy that good, if you're a guy that special, you think 60% of me right now is good enough to win this game. And guess what? It was. Though they needed it was going every, off. They needed every one of those 11 points he got he in the first like, goal. He made like what? Three or four threes? Three like, threes. Straight up. Wasn't missing a straight shot. Nope. You know what I mean? And like, he looked like he was in for one of those games again. He looked like I was like, all right, yeah, Katie about to get 40. Yeah. We're going back to Oracle, and they're going to be back in Toronto. And this was five weeks after he couldn't even run. It's, it's insane. He couldn't even run a lap around the court. Like, what? <laughs> it's I, I feel for KD, man. I, I hope a, a very speedy recovery for him. Um, I, if I'm him, I tell the Warriors, thank you for this opportunity. I'm going to take this money and go rehab somewhere else. You know, and go somewhere where I'm going to, you know, feel like a priority and put my health first. And uh, and that's not going to rush where me back. Where the nightlife is superior. <laughs> Stop it. Anyway, with all that being said, the Warriors won and the finals aren't finished point. yet. <laughs> okay. As much as we love talking about Draymond, can we talk about Draymond blocking that, you know, that 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 picture was crazy. I don't know yeah. if people saw that Kyle Lowry. Yo, let me tell you something. Getting the shot up. Ain't nobody besides the photographer. You know who's you know who's wow. even more happy about that picture than the photographer? Mm. Kyle Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Lowry. Because when I saw that shit on live TV, I'm like, did he just hit the side of the backboard? Oh, the slander. What was that? The slander. It was everywhere. It Listen. was everywhere. I know you got some tweets you could pull up for for Kyle Listen, Lowry. This was this was a tweet that Kyle Lowry himself pulled up. Oh God, for mean tweets. On mean Shout tweets. Shout out Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> on mean tweets. Oh, uh, what he And saying? it was straight up. They said Toronto needs to get rid of Kyle Lowry asap. Mm-hmm. If I have to watch that fat. Oh my god. Attempt to take a three one more time. I'm jumping off a building. Oh Jesus. Well, let's hope that guy didn't jump off a building last night. Shit. I hope he saw that picture first before he was like, fuck it. Ah! And left himself off of the window. But uh yeah, man. Uh oh, man. we're going back to Oracle. Uh the Warriors. I don't know if they got momentum. I mean, usually when a team wins a game like this, you think, oh, they got the momentum, they're going back to their their home arena. It's the last game in Oracle ever. Conventional wisdom says, hey, they're going to take this and then come back to Toronto, but they're down KD. Cass, Cass, 
can we just talk about Kawhi going off? He made like a few crazy shots, a few mm. crazy threes. Then he made another jump shot, and he was going crazy in the fourth quarter. He had like 10 straight points. He went on a 10-0 run by himself. By himself. K- by himself. Kawhi Leonard reportedly, now there's reports that once that run was happening, uh, Raptors brass were calling... Uh, you know the Raptors like family members had the and champagne guests. ready. Like yo, they were moving them down to the uh-huh. to the lower bowl. Uh-huh. They the were moving the champagne. They were getting they were getting yeah. they were getting Spurs. They were getting Spurs right now. Like, Spurs pre Ray Allen. Three. They were they were moving <laughs> the alcohol and the liquor and and the, and the champagne up into the Toronto Raptors locker room, and then Drake almost hit the button for the new for the new music. We were this close to new Drake. We were this close to 8 a.m. in Oakland or wherever the fuck we're going to drop in a little bit. Shit. But the Splash Brothers happened. Splash Bros happened. Steph Curry happened with that three, and then you had a close-up mm-hmm. of Serge Ibaka on the, on the bench just putting his head in his hands just like, God damn. And how the many surrender times cobra. Have we seen how many times... <laughs> How many times has Steph Curry made other players, the other team, or the other fans of the other team? Isn't that the best? Isn't that the best compliment you can give somebody? Uh, like when you make it someone on the other team just be like, "Oh God, this is happening." I, like the the surrender cobra, where you're just like, "Oh uh, no, he's doing this. He's doing this again." And he did, man. Steph Curry and then Clay, Clay Thompson. You know, hit two clutch three. And and mind you, it came after such beautiful ball movement. And then you got Clay, you got Kawhi Leonard, the best defender on in the solar system, coming at you. Clay Thompson with the presence of mind to hit that pump fake and drop it, not even touching a piece of that nope. rim. Can I just also talk about Clay's defense because he's been great on yeah. both sides of the court. He stopped. He stopped. He stopped Kawhi Leonard. And another thing I'm going to get into mm-hmm. that stop. I don't. Does 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 Clay Thompson get the energy to give Kawhi Leonard that type of defense if Nick Nurse doesn't call that timeout? When the Raptors are rocking and rolling like they were. I believe in Clay, uh-huh. regardless. So I think he would have been on his shit anyway. Mm-hmm. But I do think that that timeout, a lot of people were confused by that timeout. It cost them a like, uh, It was a momentum thing. It was a momentum thing. It was a momentum thing. I think he said in the press conference, he looked at his team and he looked gassed and he tried to get them some time to, you know, get, get their energy back. But if I'm, I'm, you got you got to know your surroundings, man. Toronto is rocking. The place is loud. Drake's wilding out. Kawhi can't miss. Like you're that's one of those times one. where it's like, yo, if you're a coach and you got one of those guys, like it's very rare in the championship series that you got one of those guys that you could say, hey, here's the ball, take us home. Mm-hmm. That's the game plan for the and rest of the game. And they asked Kawhi post game. They said, "Why didn't you shoot that shot?" And he said, "Did you guys like not see the defense on that?" Mm. You know, I, he had to pass it, pass it to Kyle Lowry. A lot of people. It was great help D. It was great help know? D. He he got past the first defender. Iggy came up. Uh, I think Marcus Sol was underneath the hoop, wide open. And I guess the help over over. Uh, I think Draymond came down to help. Took away Gasol. Kicked it to Van Vliet, who kicked it to Lowry, who had the wide open corner three, and Draymond just made a hell of a defensive play. And that's what champions do. That's what Draymond Green That's does. what they do. When they have if you give them a a if you give them a little sliver of hope, they will take that hope and keep it going. Like they've been here before. Toronto has not. Right. So 
I listen. It was that whole final sequence. The last four minutes of that game mm-hmm. were insane. As a fan watching at home, you know, people were asking me, "Oh, are you going to watch party?" Fuck no, I'm not going no, to watch party. No, I was like, I I'm need too to stressed. Be with me, myself, and I, all alone at the house. Just locked in. It was me, a glass of brown, some I, ice cubes. Yes, and I believe I yelled. My, my brother. My girl sleep. I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah, my little brother woke up. I was like, fuck you, go stop. What are you <laughs> doing? You know, like, I don't, I, do, I don't think I can watch games. Like, even when, shout out to Twitter. Like, they had an amazing activation for us. They had yeah. a whole suite. Shout it out was, to the tweet tweets. Shout out to the birds. My, my man TJ out there. Like, yeah, it was me, my girl Cassidy Hubbard. Mm-hmm. It was my girl Alexis Morgan. Oh, shout out to Alexis. That's the homie. It we was, did, uh, yeah, shout, shout out to yeah. Alexis. Shout out to 2K TV. Facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Ronnie. Ronnie 2K was there. Ronnie saw me and he was like, oh, can you take pictures for me? Whatever. We did all the content for him. You Cloud know. on Vic strikes again, man. Uh, Cloud on Vic. I was, I was working. I was working. <laughs> I couldn't even focus this on the is game. What, this, is where the mon- this, is where, this is where she makes her money, bro. Being Cloud on Vic. Moving and grooving, being like, Listen, you know, it's the NBA people, finals, but everybody in the finals knows yes! who this person is. Oh. It's time to get you get you right in Oakland. When I tell you people I haven't spoken to in a year hit me up, texted, texting me, media people, mm. where you at? And mm. came up to the suite and were like, what's good? Just That's kicking the life, in. though, ain't it? That's, That's the life. It's mad chill, but I couldn't really focus on the game. It wasn't a great game. That was like game three. That was like whatever. Mm. But the post-game stuff was interesting. You know, I was there with my boy Nick Matthews, who does all the off-court managing stuff for Draymond Green okay. and went down there saw Rich Paul said what up to Rich saw my boy Shams said what up to Shams mm-hmm. and it's like after a loss it's just everyone is in this in this kind of like mindset of like yeah. you gotta be quiet you almost don't want to bother anyone <laughs> it's like, it's yeah, like, it's like, like when you you're know? in someone's house and you don't want to touch anything yeah like, okay, okay, yeah. like Rich Paul is like put up sweetheart <laughs> and you say hi and I'm just like lingering because I'm like can I Yo, hear can something I, can I say something about Rich Paul like Rich Paul when Rich Paul walks into a room it's like the Godfather just walks it's in. It's the vibe. Everyone like, just wants to kiss the ring. The vibe fucking changes. Like, kiss the ring. You want to kiss the ring. You want to get invited to his daughter's wedding. You know what I mean? You want to make sure that you don't you know, sleep with the fishes when it comes to Rich right. Paul. And I, I love it. He's not a very tall it. guy. He's a small guy. He's, he's a medium height guy. Yeah. You know? So, so it's like, you know, you go over there, you say what up. I saw Seth Curry. Shout out Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. Callie River. All these great people. Everyone wants to have conversation. And then it comes to like... Shams, Shams is like, I'll see you after the game. <laughs> so it's like very, you know. It's, Shams, it's, Shams is on duty. Shams is on duty. Shams is on but duty. But when Rich Paul walks in, mm. man, listen, there's nothing that makes me happier than when a young, rich black man walks in a building and people get nervous. Listen, people get nervous. And listen. I love it. And I'm like, man, listen. Listen, that, that, one, that one man. Uh-huh. He all, rings bells. Kanye, all that power. He rings bells. You know? No one man all should have power. all that power, bro. I respect it. Shout out to them, man. Like, listen. But they're doing their thing. I didn't. I'm not saying I overheard anything or anything mm. like that. But it was just, it was just a, a vibe in that little tunnel. And then Draymond came out and said, "What up to him?" You know. And then <coughs> I was like, "So who's coming to the Lakers?" <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get any scoops. You didn't get any scoops. I for got, us? I got nothing. Nothing. I got nothing. Not even a little. Nope. Not but, even. But uh, AD is coming. I AD believe is it. coming. AD is coming where? To the, to the Lakers. Lakers, you got this on good authority. Is nope. what you're saying. 
I know nothing. You know nothing? But Problem I Vic knows nothing about where the brow is landing. If we, we're not going to look back in this in two months and be like, God damn, you called this. You knew it. You had the combo. I can't. I got sources, but I can't. I can't. I can't. can't divulge the sources. I can't. I can't say. Shout out to Draymond with that sources hoodie. I want to get that. I don't know where you. Slam. Y'all should rip that off and get one. Listen, Draymond is the king. Draymond, Draymond, and LeBron are the kings of the. They speak without speaking. Of the shorts. They speak without suit shorts. Oh yeah, suit shorts, bro. Suit shorts shorts might be the wave again this year. Remember when they tried to make uh, what was the thing? What was the 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 little man dresses happen? Was the was was the thing it looked like overalls a little bit, but it was like thighs and two. No, no, no. Please, <laughs> please don't. Remember that? What was it called again? Remember when people tried to make that happen? What was no. it called? No, nobody knows. Oh man! So I'm the only one that remembers this. <laughs> I'm the only one with dudes wearing the little mock-ups that look like a, an apron, and it was all right. Somebody's gonna listen to this podcast. And they're gonna they're gonna at me. Yo, if you remember what the hell that shit was called, Russell Westbrook knows. At me, I think Russ, Russell. I think Russell rocked one. Russ definitely. I think Russell Russ rocked, definitely one. rocked listen, one. Listen, I love those Men in Black uh, commercials. By the way, yeah, even though they don't look like they're in the same room at all. And, oh, it's, it's it's definitely two it's a, different I, studios. You got you got the eyes in the back of your head, you know. Like, yeah, so Chris Paul. You seem like an alien. I'm like, all right, Thor, stop trying to be other people. <laughs> stop trying to do other things, Thor. Okay, it's it's gonna be hard for you. You're not gonna. You're still you, Thor. You can't be Thor trying to be Agent J. All right. Listen, Fat Thor is my whole. Oh, first aesthetic. off, first off, it's 2019. We're being sensitive. He's dad thick bod. Thor. Dad bod He's thick Thor. Thor. He's not fat <laughs> Thor anymore. Okay. Dad bod, dad bod Thor. Oh man, but those those <laughs> those NBA commercials. Which is the worst? Which is the best one? Which is the best one? I like. I, I have the Men in Black one. Yeah, they got the AV one. No, oh, the Russ one is the LA. best one because Russ can act. Russ can act. Yeah, yeah. Chris can act too. I'm not gonna lie though. Chris I don't is know good. the. I know. I know. Chris can also act on the court, but we won't go there. <laughs> I was about to say, like, Chris sure knows how to act. Shit. Uh, we know, like, the dynamic with, like, okay, this is definitely a green screen. They're all very busy people. They couldn't get in the room all at one time. The reason why. I mean, Chris is not that busy in June. But the re- I, <laughs> I love Chris. Well, to be fair, ain't none of them busy <laughs> in June. <laughs> so today, Kaz, we got the homie, the mm-hmm. legend, three-time mm-hmm. NBA champ, BJ Armstrong. Shout out to BJ Armstrong. Yes, sir. Shout out, BJ. You know, he's an agent. He's a player. He knows every aspect yeah. of this game. And he, and he, and he, you know, he represents Derrick Rose. So when we talk about catastrophic injuries to star players, you know, without with the Durant stuff happening, that's it's a pretty interesting talk. It's a pretty interesting talk. Facts. So let's get into, let's it. Get into it. Yo, we got legendary three-time NBA champion and superpowered sports agent BJ Armstrong on the Cavs and Vic Show. BJ, what's going on, partner? Hey, I can't complain, man. How y'all doing? Man, we living, man. We living. We still uh still reeling from last night, but we gotta try and make this a good one. You good? Yeah, I'm good. I can't complain about nothing. I hear that. Vic, take it away. What you got? What's going on, BJ? So, you know, after game five just happened, obviously the Warriors winning by one point, you being a three time champion and three peating with teams like the Warriors, like the early two thousand Lakers, those powerhouses. What is it like to three-peat? Why is it so hard? And what does it take? What is the tenacity level, uh, you know, coming from a guy like you? Well, the difficulty um, of three-peating is, one, is, you know, you gotta, you got to have incredible talent to be able to do it and at least give yourself a chance. 
Uh, that's the first and foremost thing. But there's a lot of variables that play in there. One is you got to stay healthy, um, and you got to have the good fortune of just really having a group of individuals who are all somewhere either in their prime or close to their prime, right? Um, yeah. And I think that's what you're seeing with the Warriors. They're all kind of in the crux of their prime years as uh, professional basketball players. And, and you have to have, you know, good health, you know. Um, so far, the Warriors have been able to overcome their woes with their, uh, with their you know, physical well-being, if you will, with injuries. And they've been well-documented what they've had to overcome. But for the most part, if you're going to three-peat, you, you got to be lucky to some degree. And a lot of that lucky, you make it by, you know, obviously preparing for the journey that you're about to go through. But many times, you, you know, you just kind of – you got to be really at the right place at the right time, and all the players kind of have to be sort of kind of in the same, you know, in the same, same batch or the same group when, you're, when it's time to perform at that level. Now, you said something specific that I'm really glad you said. You said you got to be a little bit lucky. And, you know, a lot of guys that grew up in the 90s or grew up in the 80s, they look at the Bulls, those Bulls teams that you were on with rose-colored lenses and everybody, you know, won by 800 points and MJ never missed a shot and yada, yada, yada. So you specifically said that sometimes it's got to be a little luck. Can you explain uh, any certain moments where you were like, Damn, we got we got lucky right there. What was what was what was it like for you uh, in that in that special backcourt that you got to play in uh, for those three NBA championships? Well, you know, when, when you're playing, you know, like for instance, when we when we were able to overcome the Detroit Pistons, right? Um, we caught them after they had made the, went to the finals. I think two or three years in a row, or mm-hmm. you know, two or three years in a row. Now, you know, you know to the, you know, what do you say? Well, what, what do you mean by that? Well, that takes a toll when you go to the playoffs and play that many games at that level three, four, five years in a row, and which we were the beneficiaries of that because they were, they were a little bit worn down. It's not to say that we weren't just as good or better than them, but certainly after playing 75 games of extra games that we hadn't played at that point yet, mm-hmm. benefited young, you know, the, the youth. Um, and that's what I'm seeing here with Toronto. You know, youth will be served at some point. It's a young man's game, and you need effort and energy to go out there and play. You know, experience does matter, but it, it, it only matters if you have the ability to go out there and execute it. So, um, you know, you have to be a little lucky, and you catch people in the right, you know, in the right situations. It could have been a different story for us if that was the 19, let's say, 88 or 89 Pistons. But mm-hmm. we caught them in 91 after, you know, three or four years of them trying to get over the hump with the Celtics and then trying to beat the Lakers and then going. And then all of a sudden we benefited from that. And they were all over 30 at that time when we caught them. And then it was our time to have our run. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of things have to fall into place, um, you know, and, and certainly we wouldn't have. I don't know how they would have fared if we had to play the Showtime Lakers. Or the Celtics, you know, when Bird and these guys were in their prime, it could have been a different story. So, um, you know, a lot of things have to come together for you to win. And uh, but, the, you know, you, you don't want to discredit people's talent and, and the, the, the ability that they have. But I'm certainly aware that it could be a different story if you catch people at a different time. Well, you, you, you had the good fortune of playing with, with the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan, in addition to being on an incredible team that ended up winning 
three NBA championships. So when you're catching these people at the right time and uh, you look at a team like the Toronto Raptors who, you know, if they if they caught the Warriors at a healthy time, like who knows where that series would be. Um, what moment for you did you think that, oh, man, I don't know if this is – I don't know if we're going to do it this time again. Like, what was the die? Was there a dire moment during that three P, or maybe during the first championship or the second championship? We were like, "Damn, I know we got the best player in the world. I know we got the best young, young up and coming team, but maybe this just this just ain't it for us. Maybe we're about to be at the doorstep again." Like, what moment was that for you? Did you think that you know it might have been a little bit too insurmountable for your team? Well, you know, I can't speak for all, but. Certainly, I always said you can't win every game, but you certainly can have the will to want to win every game. So I never gave myself that opportunity or that chance to think that way where it, mm-hmm. something wasn't possible. Um, you know, I, 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 I tried to bring the, the championship mentality to every game of saying, you know what, I'm going to find a way. Even when there isn't a way, I'm going to try to find a way. And mm-hmm. for me, the... I found my, I guess, I guess who I was going to be in this league the year uh, that we lost to the Detroit Pistons in game seven. Mm-hmm. And losing for me is what taught me what this league is really all about. There really isn't no, there really isn't losing. There really isn't winning. It's just about a consistency of how many times can you show up. And I found my, my moment for me as an NBA player is when I lost and I made a commitment to myself that I was going to play every moment from that from that particular time on moving forward, however fortunate I was up to play, as if the score was always 0-0. And I never concerned myself with losing. I never concerned myself with winning. But I was committed to saying I was going to play every possession from that moment at the highest point I could from that point moving forward. So it took for me to learn how to lose and that experience of losing and what that felt like to make the commitment of saying, you know what, I'm never going to doubt myself again. I'm never going to question on whether we can win or lose the game because I'm going to give it my all. And what more can I do than give it my all? And that was my defining moment as a professional is where, in my humble opinion, that's when I learned how to play is when I wasn't afraid to lose anymore. I wasn't afraid to win anymore. I was going to do what I had to do at that moment and let the chips fall where they may. Right. So, BJ, you know, with that mentality, you've successfully played the game. And like you said, losing taught you that lesson to go the extra mile, no matter what the scoreboard is showing you. Um, you're now a successful businessman and you work with players, you represent players. What is that transition like? Do you, as a player, um, see the agent side of things as much or did that come later on when you put yourself in that position and you've succeeded in it? Well, you know, the transition for me as a a player is just wanting and I had a natural curiosity to want to understand the business. And that was, that's what brought me here. I never set out to be an agent. I never set out to to be a a businessman. I just wanted to understand. I was always a very curious kid and you know, I was playing the game, but I didn't understand. And I always like, well, how did this Gatorade sign get into this arena? You know, why, <laughs> right. you know like, why, why, 
why why is Sony the, the official sponsor of the game that's on at the time it was NBC and I was just always curious like how how did all of these things just get to these places and but there no one ever taught you or told you why it was the way it was it was just like mm-hmm. all right you came up you played and you and you went home but I was that curious kid that was always looking of you know how did Spalding become the official basketball of the NBA I was like oh mm-hmm. you know how did Nike and some players were Nike, some players were Adidas, some players were New Balance. Like, how did this happen? What's going on around me that I'm not aware of? How, how can Jordan have all these commercials with Haynes and Chevrolet and all these? <laughs> like, what was going on? So, uh, so I had this appetite to learn, like, how this business was happening. And um, that's what brought me there. And I, and I worked, as soon as I retired, I, I went and worked in the front office because I wanted to learn, like, I had this dream as a kid to get to the NBA, but how did I get there? Like, how do you get drafted? Like, how do you get drafted? How do yeah. you get traded? How do you, how, how do you, how do you, how should I approach free agency? Like, what does that mean? Like, like, you know, we're all excited now about free agency, but what does it really mean? Like, how do you get a deal? So I was that kid and I wanted to know, and I just wanted to know for myself, like, how did I end up a kid from Detroit? in the Chicago Bulls and win a championship. Like, how did I get here? Did I just like, was it just luck? Was it like some type of master plan that I wasn't aware of? And um, so that's what, and then from there, it just went on to become an agent because I was like, you know what? I have this knowledge of how the businesses work, but God, wouldn't it be great if someone would have given me this information that I had no idea about as a player? Right. And now you, honestly, I just wanted to pass it on, pass it down to the players, uh, because I wanted. I wish someone would have told me when I was playing. Now, now, Vic, she, she, you know, she mentioned, you know, you you made the smooth transition from a championship player to a powerful agent, and um, you know, you, you you said it yourself. You wanted to know how people get traded, how you know free agency actually works, like what goes into all these type of things, and now this year. You know, it kind of seems like players have more power than ever when it comes to determining where they want to build their franchises, where they want to play, who they want to play for. And, you know, you got star players that are demanding trades in the middle of the season or telling people, hey, I'm not going to resign here. And they're kind of doing everything in their power to get to the type of destination that they want to get to. You've been in this position before. How is this? Uh, how do you usually handle a situation where your star player says, "I don't want to be here no more. Send me to this place." How do you? How do you usually work this out? Well, I think that's been happening since the beginning of time. It, it, it's pretty funny. Like, you know, I, I love it now in the media where people say these players have this certain power. Okay, what 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 player is writing a check? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I say, I, I mean, I say that in the, I say that in the same sense that, like, uh, you know, a, a lot of times, I guess, in, in the your era, I remember watching you play in the NBA. That you know, people took pride in being like, I'm gonna play for the Bulls for the rest of my career. I'm gonna play for the Pacers for the rest of my career. And now it's not so much. I, I, I guess in the media sense, it doesn't seem like that that is that much of the case anymore. So uh, as far as like power is concerned and determining where they want to go, how do you handle that if you're representing one of these players? Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's part of the business. And, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, as a player or a fan, I should say, as a fan, you kind of, you know, like these people are like, superhuman they're kind of like our heroes and 
when I was growing up as a kid in the city of Detroit, you know, it was unheard of that, you know, players were going to like leave, right? You know, you kind of like grew up in your childhood with a player, right? You know, like when I was yeah. growing up, Isaiah Thomas was, you know, that was like the Detroit Pistons, you know, right? right? That was, like, yeah. right. you know, it wasn't like you didn't hear players moving around like you're, you're doing. Like yeah, players today. seem to be so tied into their franchises now. No super teams, and now, no switching up. Yeah, now it seems like the play, the fans are more tied into the players than they are to the teams because who knows where you know LeBron's going to play next year? Who knows where Durant's going to play next year? You know, but when we were growing up, you knew Larry Bird's a Celtic, Magic Johnson's yeah. a Laker, Isaiah yeah, Thomas it, is a Piston. Did. No, I, I think that you know, look, I mean, it was great. It was, it was like a, a, it, the. The times then were weren't as sophisticated as they are now, you mm-hmm. know. When Oscar Robinson and all of these people fought to have free agency, what they were fighting about is to be able to be paid what the worth, you know, that everyone should be able to have the opportunity to earn mm-hmm. as much as they can, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, you know. And also have the best uh, chance and, at and winning. That, and that's that's what free agency is all about, right? Um, you know whether or not you get it that's that's another discussion but you should at least have the opportunity to get paid whatever your worth is determined by free agency right if team x says you're worth you know thirty dollars and team x says you're only worth twenty dollars then you should have the right to go and earn whatever it is you can earn and i think the as the business grew with television in the 80s is that's when you saw the the huge jump and Mm -hmm. the information so to me it was just a natural progression i don't think it was like players aren't loyal or the owners you know are are, you know drew a line where they didn't want to pay the players it was just that now everyone's negotiating on their behalf right if i was an owner and you were an owner what's wrong with having the greatest profit that you can make that's why you got into the business if you are a player what's wrong with you being able to fight for your biggest share of the pot um, everyone's making money. Clearly, everyone's making a lot of money. And this is part of the business that I think now you're seeing that you just didn't see some 30, 40 years ago. And now as the pot continues to grow through media rights and social media now and streaming and all the other, you know, as the game expands and grows, you're seeing a bigger and bigger, everyone's fighting for their pot because the pot is growing. And that's good and bad. It's good in the sense that, you know what? Now players can make $30, $40 million per year. Where, you know, back in 30, 40 years ago, guys were making maybe fifty, hundred thousand. 100000 So, you know, it's just part of the business now that we're all in. And um, I just think it's, it, it, it's, it's one of those things that it's inevitable. If you find something that's profitable, people are going to fight for their biggest piece of the pie, and uh, I don't think sports is any different. Right. You know, you said you're mentioning that this is a business, and a lot of people, especially in the media and fans, you know, they love throwing the words honor and loyalty and all that. You know, as a player, do you just block that and do what's best for you? Because at the end of the day, you know that the team is going to do what's best for them as well. What What is that like, you know, going through um, the mindset of that? of that process? Well, you know, that's the part of sports, you know, that it's kind of like, you know, it's like it's it sports is kind of unique in that sense is that 
you're very emotional. You know, you it's like a local phenomenon, mm-hmm. right? I grew up in Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know, you I don't know where you grew up in. You know, Chicago or what have you. And you kind of grew up in New York. Up, she grew up in Turkey. Yeah, I, I, grew, yeah. I, I grew up in Israel. Came I mean, to New Israel, York. my bad. Yeah. When, I, yeah, yeah. when I was thirteen, <laughs> yeah, I grew up watching the Lakers. Yeah, like when you watch the World Cup in soccer, right? The yeah. World Cup is it's fabulous because you see the pride of every country. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. and we're watching the Toronto Raptors right now, and you're seeing the pride of a country behind one team, right. and mm-hmm. that's what makes it unique. So. Growing up here in the States, like, New York and the Knicks, like, they can talk about the Knicks, but you can't talk about the Knicks if you're not from New mm-hmm. York, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's big facts. facts. That's facts. big facts. Yeah. yeah. You know, if I said the Knicks suck, and then I'm out of pocket. But if you say it, well, I can say it because I'm from here. We've yeah. earned the right to say that the Knicks suck, okay? They've been, they've been saying it for a rights. long time. Uh, <laughs> So it's kind of like one of those things wherever you're from. So it's kind of like in Detroit, like, you know, I can talk about the Pistons, but you can't talk about the Pistons. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it kind of just, it's kind of a, like a, like a, what makes sports great because you have this emotional attachment. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the reality of the situation is it's a huge business. You know, there's ticket sales, there's merchandise, there's sponsorships, right? There's, marketing and PR and TV and, and and arenas and all of these things that people tend to, I don't know if they overlook them, but you just, you're so caught up into the emotion of the game. Like you're watching the game last night, but the interest of watching the Warriors and the, and, and Toronto last night, it was just great theater. Like mm-hmm. it, was, it was just great theater. Like it was, it was just, just like, so many uh, ranges of emotions, man. Yeah. Right. I mean, look, I mean, you win a must game for the Golden State Warriors, and it was like by one, one point bittersweet moments I've ever seen. Like, yeah, yeah, they yeah. won the game, yeah. but they lost a teammate. Great guy. Last yeah. Night. yeah, yeah. So you know you have this. It's, it's like an interesting dynamic because you know yeah it's your job, but you can't just treat it like a job because sports mm-hmm. requires you to give a part of yourself that I don't think, you know, not many jobs do when you play a sport, right? You know, you, you kind of do your job and you do your thing and you're part of, you know, running whatever division you're running. Well, in sports, like, I have to work in a collaborative, cooperative spirit every single day, whether I want to do it or not, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. Right. I, and, and you don't know what's going to happen, right? It's not like it's scripted. This is like, okay, let's see what's going to happen today. And I'll figure it out as I go along. So it just makes for a unique experience. And I think that's what makes sports so great. And anyone who's participated, uh, that plays sports that, you know, it's, it's a highlight because you know what, you don't know what's going to happen. And, uh, it's, it's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, you're so emotionally involved in something that, Probably, unlike anything else, I don't think you're involved in with that much emotional investment in any other part of your life for the most part. Now, we spoke a lot about how it's a business, and we talked about players having uh, powers to choose where they want. Uh, You were in a very viral moment this past year with the Derrick Rose documentary that came out. And they actually captured the moment where Derrick Rose is traded from the Chicago Bulls to the New York Knicks. And a lot of people don't ever really get to see 
that exact moment where somebody, not just it, that played for that team, but but is from that city, is pretty much told, hey, you and your the rest of your life is about to be uprooted. And, you know, we essentially don't want you anymore. It's not that the player doesn't want to be there anymore, but we don't need you there anymore. You've been on both sides of, of the fence. Um, please tell, uh, I would like to know, you know, at what point does, um, you know, the player kind of lose that power where they kind of give everything to the team and now it's just a business as opposed to, you know, if Derrick Rose says, hey, I don't want to be here anymore, uh, he kind of gets vilified. Like, at what point does that moment kind of sway to where the team has all your chips on the table and you really can't do anything about it? Well, you know, the thing that I appreciated most, it's kind of the gift and the curse of uh, sports today is, you know, when I played professionally many years ago, you never saw me, right? You saw me maybe mm-hmm. eight to 10 times a year, maybe on network television, right? There was no social mm-hmm. media. There was no Instagram. There was no internet. There was a level of privacy that I had as an athlete. Today, we have access to these kids, whether they want to do it or they are encouraged to do it, or that's just the world we live in, where they're living their lives 24 hours on some social media platform. Snapchat, you know, uh, Instagram, Twitter, or what have you, Facebook. So now, because we have such access, there is a familiarity that you have with today's athlete that you just didn't have in my generation, right? If you saw, you lived in Chicago, if you saw Michael Jordan once, you were like, oh, wow. Now you you see a post by today's megastars every single day. You got Braun on Taco Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah, exactly. You, you see things now that you, I mean, when you really think about it, you never saw Michael Jordan really play. You just saw him play, you just saw his highlights. You didn't mm-hmm. have direct TV. There was no direct TV. You didn't see the Bulls versus Sacramento on a Tuesday night. <laughs> you didn't see that game. Right. Mm-hmm. Now you can so stream you whatever, the, whenever. Yeah. yeah. You just saw the best of Michael Jordan on SportsCenter. You saw him in the playoffs. And then it's not to say he wasn't the greatest player, but you never saw the games like you saw LeBron. You see LeBron James every game and every move. There was no like, I mean, we have shows dedicated now to just watching talking highlight shows for 24 hours. I mean, Sports Center was like a treat. I remember when it first came out, it was like, oh wow, Sports Center. Now you have a 7 a.m. show, an 8 a.m. show, a 9 a.m. show. <laughs> I mean, you got shows all day that's just talking about the. It's like a car wash, right? You just, you're just, they're talking about the same thing in different formats and different shows. So today's exposure has given you a, a comfort or familiarity that you just didn't have 20, 25 years ago which now, because you're more familiar, now you have a bigger opinion, which, in my opinion, puts pressure because you have all of these people, you know, your fan base, and, you know, you got 20 million followers or whatever you have. It it, it gives a pressure that we just didn't have. Like, I had no idea that I was playing on one of the most popular teams in all of sports. I had no idea. I, I mean, really, I, I had really, no, I, I, I find that I find that hard to believe, BJ. You're like, playing with the gold. Yeah. 
You got a lot of sneakers being sold. Yeah, but but back then, back then, he wasn't the Michael Jordan that we're talking about now. Mm. When when, when I came in the league, this was a Magic Johnson league and Larry Mm -hmm. Bird league. Absolutely. You you didn't, there was no like talking about this is the greatest player to ever play. No one was saying that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No one Mm -hmm. was saying, all they said about this kid was, you know what, here's a kid that averages 30 points a game, but you'll never win a championship because no one's ever done it. Averaging 30 points a game as a a small, as as a two guard. No one was thinking that this guy, talking about Michael Jordan was going to be the greatest player ever played. You know, he wasn't a center. He, he wasn't was just a, a gunner. Guard. He was just a gunner. He was a guard. Mm-hmm. Playing, and, and think about this. He was getting criticized for wearing long shorts. He was just smarter than the rest of us. <laughs> okay? He was just smarter than the rest of us. We were all wearing tight shorts. <laughs> no, one, no one said that he was going to be the greatest player back then. Matthew Johnson and these guys were – Matthew Johnson won like five championships in like – 10 years. He went to the finals, I think, eight times in the 80s alone. So this wasn't like, I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar scored 38,000 points. Wilt Chamberlain and these guys and Bill Russell. So this league back then, it was a different narrative than you have today. Every time you turn on some media, someone is the GOAT. Everyone is the GOAT. <laughs> it's a constant. We've had, we've had four different best so players this, in the league yeah, in the past four months. Yeah, it's a constant <laughs> argument. Who's better than who? Yeah. It's always comparing to Braun and Kobe. Yeah, so, and, yeah. 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 And so now, I'd be Jordan remiss to. Jordan. Yeah, he wasn't the Jordan that we're talking about in this context. Now, I'd be remiss to ask before we before we let you go. Uh, obviously, everybody's talking about the Kevin Durant injury. Um, you were very close to uh, there. Obviously, you represented Derrick Rose and he was going through a lot of his things. And, um, you know, a lot of every everybody's playing Monday morning quarterback today, playing the blame game. Who's the blame here? Who's the blame here? Should we blame everyone's a doctor these days? Everyone's too. A everyone doctor knows today. So what kind speaking, of injury? speaking as someone who has been close to a superstar talent, who also went through a catastrophic injury? How much? Um, I would like to say how much? How much? How much uh, leeway or how much say so does an agent even get to decide when it comes to okay, play this game, don't play this game, sit out, save yourself for free agents? Like how much? How much? Uh, how much uh, leeway does the agent even have when it comes to making the decision? Do you just, yeah? If do you discuss player, that before a game, a big game like yes. the finals game? For yeah. Example. Well, I, I I I I think what you're what you're what you see and you try to make a decision. You're talking about human beings first, right? And yes. wherever there are humans, you have an infinite amount of choices, right? So we're, the enemy, if you will, is human nature. It is only human nature that Kevin Durant or any athlete wants to play in a game, okay? Because once the athlete shuts that down, right? If he turns the light or if he or she turns that light off, then the light will will remain off. You don't these players aren't like robots, right? They're not this isn't mm-hmm. 2K NBA 2K or something where they just like turn it on and turn it off. So what I mean by that is these players should all want to play. Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. KD, the character KD should want to play. Okay? Here's where it gets a little dicey. Then there's Kevin Durant, the person that now has to make a decision that was going to affect him for the rest of his life. 
So in my case with Derrick Rose, there was D. Rose, the character, right? D. Rose averaged 27 points a night, MVP, superstar, and all these things. And then there's Derrick Rose, the person whom I have to speak with mm-hmm. every single day. And we have to be able to have a plan in place and a way to think about how we are going to make this next decision. Because I can assure you that there is not going to be a doctor who's going to say, I guarantee you, you're not going to get hurt in the next game. Injuries mm-hmm. are part of sports. I guarantee you that the coaches should want the player to play. I guarantee you his teammates want him to play. But when you put all of these things together, you have to have a business team around you that's going to allow you to do something that is being lost there, and that's called institutional knowledge. And that requires you to have the experience combined with all of the analytics and all of the input from all these coaches and executives and doctors and all of these people of saying, you know what, I got to have a way to think about this. And that's what we try to do with Derrick Rose. Yes, let's talk to the doctors. Yes, let's talk to the team. Yes, let's talk to all of these people. And then, Derek, it is up for you to have a way to think about this and be able to take this input and make a decision that is going to best, that's going to help you long term in the big picture. And in the end, you don't get a second, a lot of times you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. Mm-hmm. And right. that's why I applaud Kawhi Leonard. Like, for taking time off. You, mm-hmm. you, you, hey, in the end, when you are out there playing, okay, when you're out there playing, you can't hesitate with anything because things are happening so fast. So there is the physical part, which Kevin Durant, I'm sure, felt great. But then mentally and spiritually, where are you at? Where, where's your mind at? Are you out there playing going, well, I'm only 75%? Well, if you're only 75%, then you can't play. And these are the tough questions that I tried to ask Derrick Rose as we were going through that process. And ultimately, he made the decision with all of the inputs to say, you know what, I'm just not ready. And, and, and no one can question that because, you know what, you had a significant injury that if you have any doubt, don't play. Because that's right. playing is not the place to have doubt. Now, in our circle, and, and, and I grew up, I was very fortunate to have truth tellers in my life. And that's what I try to be to all of my clients. Yes, all of these people may have different motives for why they're saying what they're saying, but here is my motive. I, don't, I only care about Derek Martell Rose. I, that's all I care about. I don't care about whether you go play. I don't care about whether you average 30 a game. I don't care if you win the NBA MVP. I don't care about any of that. The human being what I first. Do. The human being, and, and that's got to be first, second, and third, and you have to live with that. And the thing about Kevin Durant that I try to say with, with Derrick Rose, and I'm not saying he didn't do this, is to respect the game. There's no way possible that I'm going to ask a client to miss six weeks, to miss six weeks and be off in a lower extremity injury like he had and then come out there and play in the type of game in this setting. That, that to me is very tough. And you have to respect the game. Even though your adrenaline is going, you feel good, 
and all of these things, there's a reason that we go to training camp. And I think that can only be said from someone who's actually gone through it. You know, because you can look at an MRI, you can look at an X-ray, and you can determine that, you know what, everything looks good. No one can go through, no one can come out there and play without preparing themselves to go through what you're going to see out there in an NBA game without playing, without right. practicing. And, 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 and that's not to question anything that happened, but again, this is the type of conversation that you have to have. I want to be convinced that, yes, I can sit out for six weeks. You, I can't run because how could he run? Right? He had a strained calf. How could he, what could he have possibly have done to prepare himself physically to get out there and play in that game? Mm. What could, I mean, I, I, now, but I feel good. Okay, great. You feel good. Just give me your argument for why you should be playing without being able to run for the last six weeks. Like you, you, these are the type of, this is the type of conversations that I had. The most difficult time that I've ever had as an agent was going through the Derrick Rose situation because it wasn't, it was, a, it was dealing with a human. It wasn't dealing with a contract. It wasn't dealing with like numbers. It was dealing with something where there was no right or wrong. It was just, here was a young man that had to be comfortable with the decision that he was making that was going to affect him for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and, 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 and not to say that Kevin didn't do that, but I'm just saying whatever decision you make, and I have to believe that Kevin Durant made the best decision for him, right? Kevin Durant had to make this decision because ultimately it's his body that has to go out there and play. No one else is scoring baskets for Kevin Durant other than Kevin Durant. So whatever was going on and however that process came, this is a difficult call, and I just feel awful for him because right. his intentions were in the right place. I know his heart was in the right place. And that's the hard, th- that's the hard thing about playing sports is, you know, you want to be there for your brother. You want to be there for the people that, you know, you go and play with and against every night. You want to go and, to war. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, you want to do it. And, and that was the decision. And I think, you know, you live with that decision uh, because I tell you what, if he goes on to win the game, the way he started off the game, I mean, the he narrative like he was, going was, he was going off. He yeah, was going he off. Like he was exactly. going for no minute restrictions <laughs> either. You know, Steve Kerr had yeah, him out there. So, and mm-hmm. Exactly. But again, these are the tough conversations that I had to have with, with my client and, and stand firm on that. And yes, I, I want to see him play. Yes. I want to see them win a championship, but you know what? As a 51-year-old who played in that league, there was a reason that it takes a month before a month of training camp before the season starts because everyone is conditioning themselves to go through what they know the body is about to go through. You don't just start playing on day one, right? You, you, know, you build up the, the, the strength and the endurance and all of the things to play. And so um, – you know, I, 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 I stand by that of just saying I want to take include everyone into this process. And, um, you know, your injuries are part of the game. Make no doubt about it. I remember, you know, look, Michael Jordan missed a substantial amount of time with a foot injury. And no one's talking about it today, but 
I vividly remember when he went against the doctors when the doctors told him not to play, and the team mm-hmm. told him not to play, and he went off play. Yeah, man. I mean, BJ, we could, we could. Uh, man, I, I wish we, I wish we had like more time to, to, because we could the do this all day is, long. Is great, but yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, this is, it's, it's an incredible story. It's so many layers to the KD injury, to the finals, to free agency, to all that stuff. And the, I promise, we're, we're definitely, we, we definitely got to bring you back on the show later this I season. Think, to, I think BJ's right though. The player has the, fu- you know, you, you take all those all the advice yeah you take everything in and then the player has the final final say absolutely but but yeah. for now man bj three-time nba champion super agent thank you so much for calling into the cast and Vic show right here on slam uh your insight has been one of a kind and you know you gotta it's, visit it's us to visit have, us so. when, when you're in new york absolutely man come to new york man we need you out here come come kick with us in the slam it. office so absolutely man thank you so much all right thank appreciate you, you bj thank you that was one hell of a conversation. That was crazy. We could have we could have talked for hours with him, man. We could talk for him for hours. But shout out to BJ Armstrong. That was a great talk. Uh, this is the third episode of the Kaz and Vic Show, brought to you by Slam. But before we head out, I want to give a quick shout out to the Goat Basketball Media Company. Hit up shop.slamonline.com. Get all your Slam goods, including cover tees, hoodies, the newest issues. You're wearing the pink hoodie, which I'm is fire I'm rocking the pink right hoodie. Now. You're rocking the mellow cover tee. I got tee. the mellow cover. You know what I mean? Your Slam merch is looking fire. And also the Trilogy, a 290-page magazine about the entire line of Air Jordans, including profiles, interviews, essays, and never before seen seeing photos That's fire. and more. It's a must-have if you're a sneakerhead. So if you don't got it right now, do the damn thing and go get it. Use promo code SLAMPOD. That's S-L-A-M-P-O-D to get 15% off of any order. Limited qualities remain, so cop while you can. That's shop.slamonline.com. Promo code SLAMPOD. Vic, damn. third episode in the bag. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. Feeling? We got the draft next week. We got the draft got suite the next draft week. Oh, next, next week. week's going to be a popping episode. Oh, so, you know, if you know anything about Slam, the Slam draft suite's going to be rolling through here. And we're going to be here, too. So we might talk to a few young. A few youngins. A few youngins, Yo, these you know? kids are like 18. God yeah. Damn. Gosh, I'm old. We old as hell. Oh, I'm going to feel so old <laughs> next week. But make sure you tune in next week. Slam draft suite. Shout out to BJ Armstrong, our guest. Shout this out is to the, Slam. Shout out to Slam, as always, the GOAT Basketball Magazine. Magazine company, and uh, we are out. Kazavik Show, episode three. Shout out KD one time. Yeah, one time for KD. Get well soon, baby. <laughs>